This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show, brand new here on Talk Radio AM 640, where we're spanking the baby for the first time. That's we're coming right. out That's of right. the birth That's canal and ready to go. The deal is we're <laughs> going to talk about insurance and injury loss of Anton Merkins here. Uh, you've been on the, uh, the air a couple times on the employment hour the last few weeks, but now we've decided to uh, give you your own show. Right, John. Because it's a pretty generous radio company. So he said, Savannah, how about you come down here every Sunday from noon to one and uh, and do your own thing. To contact throughout the hour, you'll want to give us a call if you're dealing with any sort of insurance and injury law, or injuries for that matter. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Directly, your number, Savannah, is 416-216-5910. And email Savannah, S-I-V-A-N, again, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. So let's uh, get down to... Uh, the nitty gritty. First of all, tell us uh, you know your background, how you uh, how you got into this, and what's this uh, what's this all about? The show. Well, thanks, John. Uh, very excited to be here. I think it's going to be a great show. Uh, a lot of topics to cover. Uh, things that people call me with uh, on a daily basis, on a mm-hmm. weekly basis. Uh, my background, as I've said before, uh, when I was on Lior's show, uh, was that uh, I used to be a defense lawyer, an insurance defense lawyer, and I used to work for insurance companies. And that entailed defending insurance companies, defending claims, uh, insurance disputes, personal injury lawsuits, uh, those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, when we started our firm and we decided to help people who are in that predicament, uh, who are having issues with insurance companies uh, and issues because of injuries that they've suffered, you know, we saw a great need there, a great need to give advice, uh, to explain, uh, to answer questions, and just to dispel a lot of the myths that uh, you see on TV, you see in movies, and that you read online. So tell me uh, a bit, uh, you come from the insurance side now, you, you, were, you started uh, pretty young, you've done some, uh, you work with Lior now on the employment side, but you'd all just do the insurance and injury, that's all you, right? That's right, that's all, that's all that I do. I simply work with, uh, with insurance claims, uh, that's what I uh, leave uh, and, and, and breathe. Uh, you know, pe- people call all the time, people uh, uh, are, are in, in situations uh, where they just don't know what to do, they feel absolutely helpless. And, and you see that in, in various contexts. You see that when they are injured or when their uh, uh, loved ones are injured, uh, they have no idea who to turn to. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the injury. What kind of injury do you generally deal with at the firm? Well, the type of injuries are all kinds. Okay. Um, you know, the question is more of uh, what type of, of uh, accidents we see. And, of course, you see, you know, the, the general slip and falls, uh, car accidents, uh, a- any form of accident. I mean, I have a claim right now for, for a little girl who was injured when she was horse riding. Uh, because the horse camp wasn't doing what it was supposed to do uh, in ensuring that she would be safe. So we see all kinds of injuries, all kinds of claims, and the purpose, uh, the reason why I you know, wake up in the morning and go to the office right. is to help these individuals. 416-870-6400-640 on sale to uh, throw some questions. You're, uh, you're dealing with it is, uh, in your own life. Maybe you haven't even decided to get a hold of a lawyer yet. You're uh, thinking, maybe should I or, or shouldn't I? I want to mention this, though. If, if, if you're going to give us a call and you're thinking, you know, my insurance company just, you know, I was paying 500 bucks a year for my car insurance. It just went up to 1000 What do I do, Savan? You're not really an insurance broker. So no, we're I'm talking not. more of the insurance. I can certainly refer you to an insurance broker. <laughs> exactly. There's someone that I know extremely well who's very, very good. Uh, but no, that's not the kind of stuff that I deal with. I deal with uh, denials of claims. You know, right. you're putting in an insurance claim and uh, you get a, a letter that says uh, the claim is denied. We are not paying you. And then, of course, there's a reason that usually follows that. For sure. That's the kind of stuff that I can help with. You watch uh, TV, especially American cable TV. People are, like, bombarded with personal injury ads everywhere. Every 10 minutes, right. it seems like there's one coming up, right? Um, if someone's injured, do they, should they? Do they have to call a lawyer? No, they don't. They don't have to call a lawyer. But I'll tell you this. Uh, de- dealing with insurance claims, dealing with personal injury claims, is um, there's an analogy that I usually use, which is that you're sitting down at uh, high-stakes poker. Uh, You've been injured. Uh, You're potentially entitled to a lot of compensation, depending on your injury, depending on the impact on you and your life. 
uh, and uh, just across from you, uh, at the table, there is an adjuster, an okay. insurance adjuster that does this on a daily on a daily basis, and, and they know the rules of the game. And there's a lot of money at stake. So you're outgunned. You're outgunned. Do you want to be playing that poker against them, not knowing the rules, or do you want somebody there for you, who's with you, who's guiding you, who's representing you, who's telling you exactly what you should be doing, what your options are? So I've decided to call your firm. Uh, you know, I've heard the show. Maybe it's something I should be on top of because I'm I've been in a potential accident. I've got an injury. What do you typically ask them when they call you? Well, there's a variety of things. Uh, if we're dealing with an injury, then of course I want to know what kind of, uh, of an accident we're dealing with. Is it a slip and fall? Is it a car accident? Uh, typically what I ask after that is, well, what is the injury? What happened to you? Uh, what's the impact of this injury on you, on your life, uh, on your loved ones, uh, on, on your ability to work? And that's a biggie, by the way. I mean, especially when you're dealing with adults. Uh, you know, there's nothing worse um, than, than being in an accident. It's not your fault. And now you have no way of bringing that income that you and your family were relying on uh, to, to, to survive and to live on. So those are the kind of questions that I would be asking. And of course, there is a lot of other information that would be helpful in me assessing the claim and telling you what you can do. Are people apprehensive? Because, you know, we, we were talking about this before the show off air that, you know, people are, are, are hesitant to call. But you said you, you pay premiums right. for that purpose, Right. 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 You pay premiums, and, and this is in the context of insurance disputes. So, you know, all of us have insurance, whether it's car insurance, mm-hmm. house insurance. We, you know, we take travel insurance when we travel. And it's a safety net. That's exactly the reason why okay. we're getting this insurance. We're paying these premiums, and sometimes they're exorbitant uh, amounts. Uh, and, and, you know, suddenly we're in a bind, and we find that uh, the insurance company is looking at us saying, saying why is it that you're approaching us? Why, why are you making this claim? Uh, and a lot of times they'll find every excuse in the book to uh, to try not to, uh, uh, you know, to pay the claim. So you've been on the phone with someone for, say, five or ten minutes. How do you decide whether you can help that person or not? Well, that's an excellent question. Uh, sometimes, well, first of all, um, what I usually tell people is that they always have options. Absolutely okay. always have options. Uh, sometimes you may not, not like the options. Uh, but, you know, what I'm uh, generally looking at is to see uh, what is the issue, uh, to see you know, who the insurance company is, what exactly they wrote you. Because a lot of times there's going to be a letter that they send you or an email that outlines their position. Uh, and I'll simply tell you, here are your options. And if you want us to help you, just let me know and we can help you. I bet you uh, there's, there's one huge outstanding question that I'm going to ask you, but we'll take, a, yeah, we'll take a quick break. I bet you this one comes down your phone line, every, well, probably with everybody you talk to, asking about yeah. if they have a claim or not. But we'll, uh, we'll take a short break. The number to call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Want to give us a call? James, we see you on the line. Hang on. We'll get to you. Lots more of this show. Brand new. The maiden voyage of the insurance and injury law show on Talk Radio, AM640. Uh, that number you want to call, you can email as well, Savan, S-I-V-A-N. I-V-A-N at theinsurancelawyer.ca. you got questions. We always, always go to the phones. Uh, James and Richmond L., how are you? Hi, good afternoon. Good. Uh, my basic question is, how is the fee structure brought up? Because there is different uh, claims, like you said, uh, motor vehicle accident, uh, slip and fall. So when a client calls about a potential claim they want to put through, how is the, the, the retainer uh, discussed and how does it work? And if you can just get into, into details surrounding that. Yeah, that's a very good question, James. And uh, it's a question that obviously everyone who calls us uh, asks. So let me make one thing clear. These kinds of claims, personal injury claims, typically work on a percentage. 
And the rationale is very, very simple. If nothing is recovered for you, uh, then uh, you know, you're not on the hook for anything. Uh, now, I know that some law firms don't operate that way. Some law firms um, will charge something, whether it's for some of the expenses they incur, uh, uh, perhaps some of the time. Uh, that typically is not done, uh, certainly not done uh, by my team and I. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, you're the person who's injured. You're the person who is in a very vulnerable state. Uh, for us to come to you and say, pay us something now to deal with it, I think would victimize you again. Uh, and, I, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of people, uh, you know, when they call, that's, that's at the forefront of their mind because they feel like they're battling from every angle. They're battling whoever it is that caused their injury and they're battling, uh, you know, the, the lawyers and they're battling the insurance companies and everyone else. So the answer to your question is it's, it's on a percentage basis and the percentage varies depending on the situation, depending on the case. Okay, I just want to get an idea if there's any specific thing that would that would make it very i.e. the seriousness of the injury, the type of injury, how long the claim may take, if at all it's going to be payable. Right, and, and you know, uh, well, first of all, this is something that we can actually talk off air if you have those concerns. Uh, I, I can tell you right now, and I'll tell all our listeners, uh, you know, give me a call anytime. I'm not going to cost you a cent to talk, uh, and I'll explain these things to you, and I'll answer your questions within minutes. I, I, I know that there is a stereotype for lawyers that a lot of people are, are weary of calling them for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you guys have listened to uh, to my partner for uh, for over a year now, a year and a half on the employment hour, and and you know that uh, we, we're. I, I will venture out to say that we're not like other lawyers, uh, and and you know we're we're very easy to talk to, uh, and uh, from our standpoint, as soon as as. As long as we're giving you the options, we're giving you the information that you need, and, and then you can make an intelligent decision on how you want to proceed, uh, then we've done our job. James, that number, uh, by the way, 416-216-5910. That's Savan's number, 416-216-5910. Good question, because a lot of people would think, that's impossible. If I don't get anything, I haven't paid for anything. That just doesn't seem right. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's always looking uh, to see, well, is there a fine print uh, in the retainer agreement? Uh, there is no fine print. That's just the way we operate. And, you know, to be absolutely honest with you, in the personal injury context, mm-hmm. most firms, uh, reputable firms, operate the exact same way. Uh, so uh, you don't have to worry about it. And, uh, you know, because of my background, having done insurance defense work, I, I will tell you, I will tell you straight out if I think that uh, you should be pursuing your claim. Uh, if so, how do, you, how do I assess your claim? Right. What potentially you could uh, expect? And, and keep in mind, I, some people, when they call me, they're very hesitant to, to proceed with a claim because they think, oh, I, I, you know, I don't want to be a bother on the system. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> no way. Yeah, you know, and, and my response is very simple. Uh, you're not being a bother on the system. The law is there to protect you. It's really that simple. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if, if, I, if I can tell you what you're entitled to, and I can do that on the air, by the way, if anyone has questions uh, and, and, you know, they would like to know what it is that they, they should be compensated mm-hmm. uh, for a certain injury or, or an issue that they're dealing with the insurance company, then I can do that. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale to get old Savan on the air here. Uh, right up until 1 o'clock. That's kind of what I was going to ask, and it's probably a big one. You probably get this every time, whether someone calls in with you know a cut finger or a, or a you know, wrenched back. Right. How do we determine what the injury is worth? Well, that's a very good question. The reason it's good is because uh, th- there are really four factors that I consider. Number one, I consider the type of injury we're dealing with. Is this, is this a shoulder tear? Is this back pain? Right. Uh, are you having nightmares? What exactly is the injury? What exactly is the impairment or the issue you're dealing with? Uh, so, so that's the first part. Uh, number two, 
uh, I'd like to know your age. Because obviously, if you're a 20-year-old guy who just suffered a knee injury, it's mm-hmm. very different than somebody who's 75 years old who suffered a knee injury. Uh, and the treatments uh, may be different as well. Uh, the third thing that I look at is, is to see whether the injury uh, is short-term or long-term. As you can imagine, the law compensates you more for an injury that is going to be lifelong. You right? got it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and by the way, sometimes you may not know necessarily within the first few weeks if you're going to have uh, or three months, uh, even if you're going to have uh, a long-standing injury. Uh, so that's the third factor, uh, the, the extent to which it actually affects you. The fourth factor, which is really important, mm-hmm. is the impact of that injury on your life, the impact of that injury on your ability to work. So we were talking about that um, you know, before the show started. Uh, if you have a wrist injury, uh, obviously it's different if you're a student uh, or, or you know, if you're at home and, and let's say you're not employed at this point uh, versus if you're a surgeon or if oh, you're a I chef. I imagine, or, right? right? Especially or a surgeon, a right? A transcriptionist, right? right? right. And a hospital. I mean, the impact on you is going to be monumental. So those four factors right. are things that I look at and uh, I... I'm able to, to, to give you a proper assessment if I know those factors. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Take a short break. We'll get to more of your phone calls. Mark, hang on the line. You want to email Savan, S-I-V-A-N, Savan, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots more of this show. It's the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. You know, Savan, you sound a lot like uh, John Travolta there for a minute. Yeah, I, just uh, a bit. Yeah, you stay, You actually lie awake thinking of your clients. You're a nice you know, guy. believe it or not, uh, I've woken up quite a few times uh, at night simply because I've thought about a new strategy. Strategy or, 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 you know, a, a new angle right. uh, to, to advance and just making sure that the claim gets resolved as quickly as possible and, you know, for more money for my client. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Just before the break, we had a call, but we lost it. And I think it was something to do with um, driving uh, while suspension and insurance claims. How does that work? Right. So this is interesting. I actually had a call uh, this week from a gentleman whose girlfriend uh, took his car with his permission and she got into an accident. And what they didn't know is that her license was apparently suspended for non-payment of a traffic ticket. And it's not like she was chronically uh, uh, getting these uh, these traffic tickets. It was just one that she got a long mm-hmm. time ago that simply she didn't pay for. Probably you know, forgot, she forgot about, about it. it. Exactly. Yeah. And so what happened is that uh, this gentleman is in discussions now with, the, with his insurance company, his auto insurer, who's taking the position that because she drove with his permission... Uh, with a suspended license, uh, she violated the policy. Therefore, they're not going to pay for the car. You know, the car is a write-off, and they're not going to pay for it. Well, this is interesting because, you know, if you're in that situation or a situation where the insurance company is taking the position that somehow you violated the insurance provisions, uh, the, the policy provisions, okay. uh, you know, th- they're simply not going to pay you. And so forget about all the premiums you paid to date. Uh, you did something wrong, and they're not going to pay. Well, so here's the way the law operates. Not every violation of a policy means that the policy is of no force and effect. Okay, what does that mean? It means that the courts don't see this as a black and white thing. The courts will, will, will look at it, and, and you know, I'm saying the word courts because at the end of the day, these kinds of claims don't end up in court usually, uh, but uh, the insurance company understands very well that uh, if, if push comes to shove, uh, they are most likely going to lose on that argument. Not every policy violation. Listen, if you're driving in... The insurance company will lose. Right, the insurance company okay. will lose, exactly. If the insurance company... Right, if, if, if you know, you're doing something that is, is um, really horrible, I mean, like, you're, you're drunk and, you know, drinking and driving. Sure, you're impaired. And then yeah. you impaired, the, right. I mean, that's, that's, that's a violation of a policy that's quite significant. But other smaller violations, like being suspended for not paying a traffic ticket... 
the insurance company is going to lose here. They're going to have to pay the claim. Is there a limitation to uh, starting claims? Absolutely. Uh, there are limitations depending on the uh, situation you're dealing with. Uh, typically speaking, for personal injury type claims, it's two years. Okay. But it's not always two years. Okay. Uh, and and um, somet- sometimes, uh, you know, when you're dealing with insurance companies on uh, insurance disputes, you have a one-year limitation period. So, for example, the example that we just gave right now yeah. uh, with the person who was in a car accident and the uh, insurance company doesn't want to pay the, uh, the value of the car, uh, the individual there has one year from the date of the accident to make a claim. In fact, I had a guy call me two weeks ago uh, who, um, you know, who saw one of my blogs and he said, listen, you said that you only, I only have one year to, to, to start a claim against the insurer for the value of my car. Well, I've been in negotiations with them now for a year and a half. And suddenly, you know, last week, that's the reason he was calling me, mm-hmm. last week uh, they wrote me a letter saying oh, we're closing our file. And I had to tell them that, unfortunately, you know, yes, they were dragging the negotiations. And, you know, should they, should they have told you that you only have one year? Well, that's debatable. But the point is you miss a limitation period. And because you missed it, you foreclose your rights. So it's extremely important uh, when you're dealing with insurance companies, as soon as you're seeing signs of trouble, as soon as the, uh, you know, you're sensing that the insurance company is dragging its feet with your claim, to contact an insurance lawyer. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You're going through something uh, like this similar. you got questions for Savannah, feel free to give us a call and, uh, and ask. You know, my, my, my late father used to say, you know, with car insurance, the only reason we have it is in case you kill somebody. He would never make a claim for the fear that his premiums would go up, right? So is that a legitimate thing to think of? Should you be thinking that way? Why would I want to make a claim? My insurance is going to go up. Why would I make a claim? Well, first of all, if you're not if you're not at fault for the accident, your insurance premiums will not go up. Okay. okay? Uh, I always tell people make sure that uh, you have a broker. You have somebody who is who knows what they're doing. I certainly have a broker, uh, and uh, one of the reasons to have a broker is because the broker can answer those kinds of questions. Look, the reality is this: if you're injured uh, as a result of somebody else's negligence. And that injury is legitimate. I mean, we're not talking about, uh, you know, a a little bit of back pain that resolves within a day. We're talking about something that is really affecting you. Uh, You should be making a claim or at the very least considering your options of making a claim. If you don't do that, you're doing a disservice to yourself and to your family. Is it a legitimate fear that uh, versus the money you might get from the insurance company legitimately because you have a, 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 you know, not necessarily a catastrophic injury, but a, a significant injury enough, will that outweigh the increase in premium that you could be facing for following years? Uh, in, in what context? In the context of... Well, the fact that, you know, I don't want to do this in case my insurance goes up by 300 bucks a year. Yeah, but if they're going to compensate you for the next 20 years of your life because you're insured, because of your injury, it's well worth making the claim. Right. Well, let, 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 let's take a scenario, okay. a scenario where an individual is driving a car and uh, gets re-rendered by somebody else. Uh, well, at, at that point, the person who was re-rendered has a claim for injuries, if that person is injured, against the guy uh, who, hit who, who hit him. Okay. Exactly. It, it will not affect your premiums. I mean, it's not your fault, and, and it has nothing to do with, with your premiums. I want to talk a little bit about the language and dealing with the insurance company before and if they don't call a lawyer. Sure. This is why it's so important. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots more of the show coming up. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Give us a call right here on Talk Radio AM 640. 1231 on your Sunday. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. David or anybody else by any other name would be great to call in and talk to us. you got that questions about insurance, uh, injury, and injury law. That is why Savan is here, and he's answering your calls. His personal number, by the way, 416-216-5910, and Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Uh, you had an interesting story, uh, you know, just prior to the show, when we were talking about, or at least what I want to ask you about, is the wording. Because sometimes if you, you go to make a claim, someone from your insurance company, an adjuster, or whoever will call you, 
be very friendly and sit you down and start working you through and start to get some details. And they're writing everything down or they're typing everything down. How important is the uh, the verbiage, the, the the words to which you say to that person? It's uh, extremely important. And uh, the example that we we're talking about is is a case that I saw a couple of years ago with a lady that. Uh, on, on a cold November day, uh, was on her way to work and gotcha. used the uh, TTC, mm-hmm. and she was going down the stairs and she slipped and fell. Okay. And she had a fairly significant knee injury. But she came to me after she had already met with a TTC adjuster, uh-huh. who of course was extremely nice, came to her home, uh, and uh, you know was extremely pleasant and took down all the information from her, uh, put it together in a statement, and she signed it. And so, of course, when I heard that, I said, okay, well, let me see the statement. And I looked at the statement, and lo and behold, one of the questions that she was asked was, do you know what caused you to fall? Uh, or, or, sorry, at the time when you fell, did, did you, do you know what caused you to fall? And, her, and her answer was, I, I, no, I, I, I didn't know. And, and, and that's how the statement uh, ended. Uh, well, when she, when she actually, you know, got up after she fell, and she looked at her clothes, she noticed that she was, uh, she was wet on one side. Her clothes were, were, were wet. And of course, the reason she fell is because the steps were very, very uh, slushy and, and, and they were very She slipped wet. on the stairs. It's exa- exactly, right. exactly. But the way that the question and the answer were phrased and the fact that she ended up signing that statement made it extremely difficult then to come back and say that she knew exactly why she, she fell. Now, to me and you, this would be common sense. The problem is that now we have a document in writing where there is a question and answer, but the way it's verbalized, the way it's written mm-hmm. by the adjuster, signed off by this individual now made it extremely difficult to go after uh, the um, you know the people who were responsible for not maintaining the stairs. So three words, I don't know. I Might don't know, totally exactly. screwed up the entire right. thing. And I, I, wow. Yeah, and you deal with those a lot. And, and so the lesson here is this. Uh, if, if you're in a situation where you're dealing with insurance, when you're dealing with any entity, whether you slip, slip and fall in, in, a, in a store, in a plaza, if you're dealing with a sophisticated party, with somebody whose job it is to come to you and take a statement, you have to be very, very careful because every word can be used as a weapon. Now, I'm not saying that there is a hidden agenda necessarily. I mean, a lot of times these adjusters, what they do is they come and they try to really ascertain what happened. What I'm saying is that they understand very well what the impact is of every word you speak and every uh, word that you agree to sign off on. And you, as, as somebody who is simply looking at it from a common sense standpoint, may not necessarily appreciate the gravity of each word and, and what it carries with it under the law. It's the example, like you said, going into a poker game and never playing the game, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you are, you are, anytime you make a claim with an insurance company or with someone who has, uh, uh, who potentially should be paying you compensation for an injury, uh, you, you know, you, you are dealing uh, in high stakes. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You got calls for Zavan. We'll take them right up until uh, till one, uh, 1 o'clock to show us conclusion. As I look at the screen, uh, the TV in studio, 12 degrees outside. And how depressing is that? We know what's coming. Right. We know what's coming. We know what's coming. The slush, the snow, the car accidents, the insurance claims, the police, all that stuff. So uh, fall and winter is just around the corner. Tons of accidents because of snow and ice. What should people do if they're involved in a car accident? Well, if they're involved in a car accident, they should be um, thinking about uh, a few specific things. And and I always tell this to people. Number one, uh, if... uh, if, if you're involved in a car accident, if someone is injured, you obviously call 911, mm-hmm. okay? That's something you're going to do immediately. If nobody is injured or, or the injuries uh, don't seem to be significant, like let's say you, you, you know, you're a little bit hurt, but you don't want to call 911, well, you should be reporting the uh, collision to a collision reporting center. And there are two of them in the GTA. You can just Google it. Uh, you should be going to a hospital or your doctor or a walk-in. You have to make sure you get yourself checked out. 
If you have loved ones in the car, especially kids, you have to make sure that they get checked out. Very, very important. Uh, and uh, obviously, you have to make sure that you take uh, you take down the information, um, the the insurance information, and ownership for all the drivers that are involved. Uh, and the last thing is this: you're going to have questions. You're going to have questions about how to deal with your insurance company because, of course, under the policy, you have to report the accident. Uh, you're going to have questions about well, what do you do with your car? Should it be repaired? Should it be written off? By the way, that's another thing that people call me about all the time. You know, they get really upset when the insurance company decides to either write off or repair the vehicle. Okay. Uh, so we go through that. So, so you make sure you report the accident. Uh, and, and, you know, I tell people, listen, if you're ever in a jam, if you're ever in an accident, give me a call. Give me a call. It won't cost you a cent to talk, but at least mm-hmm. I can guide you. Our, our people at the office can guide you. This is what we do. Uh, uh, and, and we see this a lot. At one time, police used to come out to every accident. I mean, right. I don't know. Is it, is it, is it a, an estimated dollar value now to police? I mean, if you've, you've, your bumper's hanging a little low, they say, oh, don't bother. Just go to a reporting center. You're not going to get the police out to your accident scene. Is that still true? Or uh, should you call them no matter what? Well, that's, uh, that's a good question. No, you should only call them if somebody is injured okay. uh, or if, if the damage is really significant. Uh, and, you know, it's true. I mean, sometimes I've seen cases, uh, even this past year, where uh, the accidents were significant. Uh, the damage to the cars were significant. No one needed an ambulance, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the police simply said, listen, we're just too busy. It's a snowstorm. Uh, you know, try and get yourself to a collision reporting center. Try and try and get yourself to a hospital. Uh, but I mean, listen, my experience is that the police are, are really, really good. And uh, if they know that someone is seriously injured, uh, then they will come. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Got Dan in Bradford. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hey, well, actually, I'm doing okay. I've got a question. I was... Uh, mauled at work. I was literally thrown to the ground like an empty garbage can at work. and That was five months ago. I never did anything about it at the time, but uh, like five months later, I'm still feeling it. <laughs> right. Is there? Do I have recourse? Because, I mean, the police showed up, but I didn't press charges. I didn't go through compensation because, well, it's not work-related, I guess, but and, and I kind of walked away from it saying, well, fire the son of the, the, fire the guy and, and, you know, things will go fine. But right. uh, oh. like, can I still do anything? Because I'm actually literally beaten up pretty good still still five months later. Okay. And you said, okay, so it, so it happened five months ago. And who assaulted you? Uh, one of my coworkers. Uh, to be quite honest, he's a pharma junkie, smacked out on, on steroids. He picked me up like an empty garbage can and threw me to the ground like nothing. <laughs> right, okay. right. Well, I mean, listen, typically uh, when you're injured at work during the course of your employment, I would say it's a WSAB matter. It's a workers' compensation matter. Uh, but when you're dealing with an intentional act like this, you know, you could potentially pursue a remedy against him. The only issue with suing an individual uh, and, and, you know, there is no insurance company or there is no one on the other side. Uh, they Blood can pay- from a stone at that point. Right, exactly. That's exactly what it is. But, but let me ask you... Did you actually uh, uh, apply for WSIB? No, I just uh, we like I didn't appear to be completely. Like, you know, I didn't see think I was hurt or anything. So you know, we made the the report for like to, you know the proper paperwork, but I didn't go any further with it. And three weeks later, I just quit and went to another job, anyways. But, right. Um, I just, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I. I um... I'm wondering if I screwed myself. <laughs> yeah, I got you. No, you know, I, I, well, first of all, it depends on, on obviously the, uh, the, the type of injury that you suffered. You're saying the five months down the road now, you're still suffering from, uh, you know, the impact of, those, uh, of, of, of this incident. You know, typically what I tell people is this. If you are injured in the course of your employment uh, and, and the person who's responsible for your injury is another employee uh, of the company, uh, then you should be going through WSAB. 
But it actually raises an interesting point. Okay. What happens if you're injured in the course of your employment, but whoever injured you or was responsible doesn't work for the same company and, in fact, doesn't even work for, for another company? In other words, let's say you're uh, a, a pizza delivery driver and you're mm-hmm. in the middle of delivering a pizza and you get into an accident. Well, should you be making a WSIB claim because you were in the course of your employment right. or should you be going after whoever was responsible for the car accident? And if you are faced with that choice, almost always my advice is to, um, you know, to make a claim against whoever caused the accident, not to go through WSAB. The compensation system through that other avenue, through the insurance avenue, is much greater than the, the uh, workers' comp avenue. We'll take a short break. 416-870-6400. Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca. That's S-I-V-A-N. Drop us a call. We'd love to talk to you right up until 1 o'clock on the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM 640. Yeah, you can email uh, Savan right up until 1 o'clock as well. Savan, S-I-V-A-N at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We're talking about uh, car accidents because there's going to be a uh, whole basket full coming in a few months with the uh, the ice and the, and the bad weather. If someone is uh, injured in a car accident and they need treatment, the question is who pays? Well, that's uh, that's a very big concern. So the first thing we do when, uh, when someone contacts us and they have that concern, we say, well, first of all, do you work? Are you employed? And if you are, do you have health benefits uh, through your workplace? If you do, uh, those health benefits will cover a lot of the treatments. And then some people say, well, okay, first of all, I don't have benefits. Or what happens if my benefits run out? Right. Well, at that point, if you don't have benefits or if your benefits run out, your auto insurance company is going to pay for those. And, of course, there is a formula and there is a certain limit of how much they're going to pay. But generally speaking, if you have your own health benefits, they're going to pay for that. And if those run out or if you don't have those, then your own insurance company, auto insurance company, is going to pay for those uh, treatments. If someone's injured and can't work, then who pays? Okay, so that's also uh, a <laughs> right? very common question. In fact, that's usually the first question that we get asked. Um, again, if you, are, if you have auto insurance, um, then your insurance company is going to pay income replacement benefits. That's one of the primary benefits you have that you actually pay for um, when you take out auto insurance. And by the way, perhaps you don't have auto insurance. Perhaps you're a passenger in a car and, and um, you, know, you sustain an injury because of an accident and you need uh, income replacement. The, the insurance company of that vehicle that you were in is then going to cover you for your income. And again, there's a formula that, that, is, that is used by the insurance companies. Mm-hmm. There is a maximum amount. Uh, it's $400 a week. Uh, and, uh, you know, they will cover that. They won't cover the first week. Again, that's, that's under the law that we have. Uh, but, you know, what I usually tell people is this. If someone else was responsible for the accident, uh, particularly if you're a passenger in a car, uh, whether it was a driver of your vehicle or another vehicle, if there is a shortfall, if your insurance company or the insurance company of the car you're in doesn't cover all of your income losses, okay. then you're going to be claiming the excess, uh, the shortfall against whoever was at fault. Okay, so the okay. system is built. The system is built in such a way that it allows you to make multiple claims with the idea that you are made whole at the end. Okay, That's it's fair. not difficult to do. Uh, it, it does take someone who knows what they're doing to make that happen, uh, but it's it's not difficult to do, and uh, our system is built to to help people in those situations. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. If you have questions for Savan, if someone. Uh, well- <clears throat> You're injured, car accident, should you try to go back to work? Because most people are going to suck it up and try to go, right? They're going to try to muscle through. Absolutely, they will. And what I tell people is, um, you know, you have to speak with your doctor. You have to see what your doctor says, and then you have to listen to your body. I can't tell you how many times, uh, particularly when I was working as an insurance defense lawyer, 
I would ask that question, or I would ask the question of, of the, the person making the claim, and I would say, have you tried to go back to work? And the person says, no. And I said, well, why not? And then they say, well, because my doctor told me it will only aggravate my condition. Okay, yeah. okay well, that's fine. That's completely legitimate. What you want to avoid is you want to avoid a situation where, uh, you know, you, you think that because of your case, you are not trying to go back to work because you think that it's going to increase the value of your case. Chances are, chances are that if you have a certain injury and you're able to go back to work and it's clear and evident that you're able to go back to work or at least to part-time work, okay. to modify duties, yes. and you don't take any steps whatsoever to try and get back on your feet, the other side, the insurance company, is sophisticated enough to understand that and they're just going to view your case as being suspicious. So it's going to harm you rather than help it's you. It's going to harm you. Saying. It's going to harm you. Now, listen, if legitimately wow. you're not able to, to, uh, to go back or, or you think you need time off, then you do that. You take that time off. Uh, you, know, you make sure that uh, you notify your employer. You make sure that your doctor provides you with a note uh, that explains why it is you can't go back or for how long, for what duration. And you make sure that your employer has that in their file. So you should tell your employer or should, you know, is there repercussions to not telling your employer? Uh, there are repercussions. Okay. Uh, and, and in fact, let me tell you a little story that, uh, that uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a case that I had a while back uh, and, and it just touches on this point. Uh, so so my, um, my client was a chef and that chef uh, was involved in a car accident mm-hmm. and he injured his right wrist. And as a result of that, um, you know, he, he was afraid to tell his employer, he was afraid to tell his employer that he's going to be out of commission for a few months. You know, it was a small operation. So he went to work. He went to work and uh, he wasn't able to perform a job that well. Uh, and then over the next few weeks, he ended up, uh, he actually ended up taking some shifts off. In fact, almost half of his shifts, he ended up calling in sick. And it got to the point where the employer didn't know what was going on. The employer was asking questions, wasn't getting the answers that, uh, that, that would make sense. And, and it, it, the employer ended up firing. They let firing. him go. They let yep. him go, exactly. And so when, when you know, my client told me that, I said, okay, well, first of all, we need our employment lawyers to deal with that situation. Uh, and, and number two, you know, I, I asked him outright. I said, listen, I said, why didn't you tell your employer about the accident? And, of course, the rationale is, well, if I'm going to tell the employer about the accident, my boss, he's going to let me go. I said, well, you, you know, you've been let go anyways. <laughs> right. right. Except that now we have to repair the damage. And so what we did is, and the employment lawyers on our end did, is they got involved. Uh, as soon as the employer understood what the situation was, um, he actually offered uh, my client his job back. And, and all, all that happened, all that happened is that we ended up getting him back uh, at work on modified duties and modified hours. It could have been like that from the beginning. Absolutely. It could have right. been like that. It would have been less pressure on my client. Uh, the insurance claim proceeded as is. And, uh, you know, so what I tell people is yeah, if you're injured in an accident, you make sure your employer is aware of your injuries and you make sure that you have uh, a, a doctor's note that outlines what modifications or time off you need. 870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number to call. Got Linda in Etovico. Hi, Linda. Hello. Uh, I had a question. Uh, it's uh, regarding an accident. Last year, I was cutting the grass in front of my property, and uh, accidentally, the machine, the lawnmower, went over the water valve. Yep. And uh, first time in my life, uh, that machine picked the valve, was loose, uh, I assume, and hit it across, which hit the front window of my living room and broke and cost me $500. That could even kill somebody, the, 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 
the sound was so hard, I thought it was a gun next to me. Right. And I, I spoke to a couple of neighbors, they said, call the city. And the city responded to say that uh, we visited yesterday, we repaired that, we put a new valve, and we reduced it to a lower level, that particular valve. Uh, for uh, the cost of it, as I said, I already have um, repaired this window because it was in front of my house and cost me $500. What would you do for this? I need some um, reimbursement. They said, we'll give it to our insurance. And uh, the insurance said to me, we're not ready yet and not, not ready yet. So, so far, it's almost a year, uh, nothing heard from them. Okay, Linda. So my understanding is that this valve was too high, yeah. right? That's the yeah. reason. Okay. Yeah. And okay. And the city then ended up uh, um, repairing that yes. defect, Next right? Next day they came over and took care of it. Right. They took care of it. Okay. And how much damage was done to your home? Five hundred dollars. Okay. And and you paid for that, not yeah. your home insurance. No, that was my deductible 500, so I couldn't even bother with insurance. Mm, I understand. Okay. Well, I mean, we have a lot of claims against uh, cities and municipalities, and uh, what, what you're describing right now is, is very typical in that insurance companies will simply drag out the process and drag out uh, the, the, the claims. Um, uh, it looks like. Right, circumstances. You know, the issue with, with your case, it, it's legitimate. And, and, you know, the fact that they had to repair that valve and actually make it, um, you know... Uh, um, lower, they're guilty, lower, right? exactly, exactly. Lower, yes. I mean that that to me would indicate that they know very well that it's their fault, and what they're doing really is they're just bidding their time. They're basically assuming that for five hundred dollars you're not going to do anything. So what I suggest that we do is that uh, John's going to give you my number. Give okay. me a call at the office, okay? okay, and I'll tell you exactly what you can do. You definitely have options. Linda, okay. that number, okay, is four one six two one six fifty nine ten. Again, Savan's number is four one six two one six fifty nine ten. We'll take a short break. More of it coming up. We are talking about the. Insurance and Injury Law Show, right here on Talk Radio AM 640. Last few minutes here, we'll get to a phone call, talk a little more about uh, car accidents and personal injury. It's uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Got uh, Mark in line two. Hi, Mark in Hamilton. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Uh, thanks for taking my call, gentlemen. You, thanks, uh, you have the squeamish call of the afternoon, Mark. Go ahead. What is the, uh, what's the topic? Uh, thank you. Um, I was mostly wondering uh, if they looked after malpractice uh, uh, at their firm, I, I had a son that was circumcised, uh, and about four years ago now, and uh, found out uh, from many complications and other medical procedures afterwards that uh, he he was not a good candidate for circumcision in the first place. And uh, as I mentioned, it led to uh, a couple medical procedures, uh, including one that he got uh, had to actually get put under for. Uh, a circumcision uh, after he was a year old. Uh, we had to wait that time because of uh, the anesthetic part of it, and uh, I went to McMaster to uh, to do another full circumcision just to give him uh, relief. And uh, so we're left with some complications, and I'm not so sure about uh, uh, the future, and wondered if uh, we have any recourse uh, being this long after the event. Well, Mark, uh, you know, the question here, first of all, there are two questions uh, that we're dealing with. Uh, when we're dealing with medical malpractice, and I'm assuming that it's a physician uh, that uh, conducted the surgery. Is that correct? That's, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. So when we're dealing with medical malpractice, uh, first of all, that's a very distinct area of law. Uh, and, and yes, uh, we do deal with medical malpractice. Uh, in terms of the time uh, or, or when... Um, you know, you, you can make a claim. We talked about limitation periods uh, somewhat uh, at the beginning of the show. You know, 
When you're dealing with people who are under 18 years old, the limitation period is delayed. It's delayed until they are 18. So you're not going to face a limitation issue. In other words, you can do something about it. Uh, the caveat is this. Whenever you're dealing with a professional, by professional I mean a doctor, an engineer, uh, an accountant, someone with a designation, a professional designation, uh, in order to succeed in a claim against them, you have to show that they were in fact negligent. And uh, the way you do that is you have to get opinions from someone uh, who is like them. So, for example, if you're dealing with a general surgeon uh, who had done something wrong, then you have to get another general surgeon who is going to review the entire case and then say, uh, you know, this person did not do what they were supposed to do. They fell below the standard of care. And, uh, you know, so it is done. Absolutely. I mean, malpractice happens all the time in a variety of contexts. And, uh, you know, what I suggest that we do is that we speak about it off air. I know it's very, very sensitive. Uh, We have to go through a lot of the facts and figure out exactly what happened. And uh, I I will, uh, you know, at the very least be able to give you all your options that you and uh, your family can consider. And then you can decide how you want to proceed. I would very much appreciate that. Thank of you. course. Mark, that number is 416-216-5910. 416-216-5910. You know, it's, it's amazing that uh, you said that the whole Kita thing is they've got to be on equal footing. Right? Absolutely. He, he, he's not going to take on a doctor just with his opinion. He needs someone who is of equal rank. Right, right? absolutely. And in fact, I'll tell you this. I, I had a claim when I was doing insurance work. Uh, I had a claim against a veterinarian that I was defending. And the allegation was that the veterinarian did something wrong. And, you know, funny enough, the, um, the claimant, the person who was actually bringing the claim was a lawyer himself. He was a tax lawyer. And, uh, you know, we ended up proceeding with the claim. I was defending the veterinarian, but this claimant, this other lawyer, did okay. not have another veterinarian who could say that my guy did something wrong. And, in fact, I actually believe that my guy did, not, did nothing wrong. Uh, you know, whatever happened with that claimant's dog did not happen because of, of my client, because of my veterinarian. Okay. And, and, you know, when we went uh, through with the claim... Uh, and, and, and we got a decision at the end. The decision actually sp- explicitly said that because there was no other veterinarian, there was not, no one else on the same footing exactly. uh, you know, to say that my guy did something wrong, therefore he was acquitted. That case went to the dogs. Yeah, I'm here right. all week. Try the veal. Tip your waitress. That'll do it for this week, my friend. Nicely done. We have just got into this, and we will return next Sunday at 12 o'clock. Again, reminder, the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Outside of show hours to get a hold of Savan, the number is 416-216-5910, and Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca.